Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back to Beyond the Tools. In today's episode, I chat with Lisa Lacey of Lacey Construction. Lisa is the business development manager at Lacey Construction, and she and her husband, Eric, have essentially grown the company from a two-person operation to up to 50 employees. They're one of the fastest growing companies. They've won multiple awards. Last year, they did up to 15 million in sales and they're on track to grow again. They have really just seen such fantastic growth in the last 22 years of running their business. Lisa in particular is a wealth of knowledge in terms of company culture and giving back to the community. And with the labor shortage that is affecting the whole industry, these topics couldn't be more important. Lisa talks about how this culture of families working for families helps to attract and retain talent and how giving back to the community and really just caring about other people is something that is so ingrained in the company that it really does help them to attract and retain talent. It helps them to attract and retain clients. And it also obviously makes a huge impact on the place that they live. So if you've been struggling with the labor shortage, or even if you're thinking about the bigger picture things of creating a company that you can be excited about and proud of, then this interview is not to be missed. So check it out. Here's Lisa Lacey. Welcome back to Beyond the Tools. I am thrilled to introduce today's guest. We have Lisa Lacey from Lacey Construction. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Yeah, Crystal, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here today, and I love what you're doing with the show. So thanks so much for the opportunity. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Our previous guest, Curtis Mercer, said, I have to talk to Lisa. So I'm very excited to have you here on the show. Yeah, I, I love Curtis and everyone that I've had the opportunity to meet through Canadian Home Builders in Newfoundland and uh, can't wait to see everyone again soon. Yes, hope so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I know with Lacey Construction, it started pretty similar to a lot of home builders. So Eric started the company on his own, everything kind of bootstrapped. You came on board super early on. And now, 22 years later, you're one of the fastest growing companies. You have up to 15 employees. You do so much in the community. You guys have all these amazing things going on. So I guess I'm curious how you did that. Do you think that there was one thing or a couple of things that like really moved the dial for the company's growth? 
Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, that that feels like kind of lifetimes ago, really. I, we started out um, when I met Eric, we were in the basement of a townhouse and kind of earning around $100,000 a year in revenue. And then fast forward, it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's been a wild ride. And, and I think a lot of it is that that Eric and I really approach the business from two completely different viewpoints. And mm. we don't step on each other's toes and we approach things very differently. So it allows us to kind of integrate in the community, in the industry in very different ways. So going from kind of just Eric to two employees to 50 employees, it's a big jump and, and it hasn't been without its kind of massive hurdles. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And I guess for you guys, I know that at the core of the business is you know, this concept of families working for families. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about how you kind of integrate that and how that helps you run the business. Yeah, for sure. I I think, um, and I'm not sure if this is kind of a unique viewpoint, but just considering that our our clients are making some of the biggest investments they ever will in their life, whether it's a $20,000 bathroom renovation or a $3 $3 million home. That's that's one of the largest investments a family will make in their life. And I say when people are looking to select their builder, you know, pick somebody you'd still want to go for a beer at the end of the week with. You're going to essentially be living with these people for, for months on end. Yeah. And if you don't feel good about it off the hop, it's not going to get better. So I say to you, like, you know, how do they treat your dog? How do they treat your kids? And and it's, you know, you're you're going to go through bumps and we just want to approach everyone the same way, whether it's a small job, a large job, just you know, approach them with that care and respect and and kind of honoring the investment they're making in their home. And really, you know, home is where the heart is and and we just want to put good energy into those spaces. So yeah, totally makes sense. And I know for you guys that is also translated into the way you treat your team. So I guess going from, you know, a team of two to up to 15 in certain points, how do you kind of infuse that into your culture? Yeah, we do. Um, we do consider our team to be an extension of our family. And one of the nicest things kind of looking back on 22 years is we have five employees at this point that are past clients or family members of past clients. So, you know, out of a team of 50, we're at 17% women on our site, which is uh, higher than the average of 3%. And we really just try and remind everyone that that family does come first. So, you know, if you need to leave early for a Christmas concert or you know, your daughter's dental surgery or things like that. We we work hard. We play hard. Eric just went out last night to our last golf night of the year. So, <laughs> and I think we we really try and put a point on, on getting together in a family way. So our staff Christmas event, we have up to 70 people in our home and I, and I cook like a full pole Christmas dinner. So if we want to recreate that feeling and just have that family feeling and empowering our team to bring that feeling into our clients' homes as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And I feel like quite radical in some ways in this industry is I think especially the average be 3% for women working in the field is crazy to me. <laughs> but also I think I incredible that you guys have 17% of your staff. So tell me about that. I guess how did that start? Is that something that was an important value from you from the beginning? Or is it also the fact of everybody's experiencing a labor shortage and and this is also an untapped market? 
it was very intentional. So in the beginning, we we actually, for a while, we had uh, half our workforce were Australians. And uh, one of them came over with his girlfriend and she started painting for us and she hasn't left since. So Claire wow. is an invaluable team member. And we were looking at Claire and we were looking at the rest of our team. We were like, how can we get more of Claire on our team? And I started attending events. So there's a, a strong women in trades and technology group here in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. I started attending events basically because I wanted to hire somebody who was already in the room and it and it snowballed. So, you know, we like to be very visible in terms of supporting women in trades, supporting Indigenous people in trades. It, it is really intentional and it's become a passion of mine. And I think it's often echoed by my experience in boardrooms, committees, municipal events where typically I can be the only woman in the room at some of these board meetings. So it snowballed from there. I'm, I'm loud at a board table. I'm aggressive. I, you know, I get noticed. So I get tapped to be on other boards. And I think partly it's because I am the only woman in the room, but once I'm there, you're stuck with me. So it's, uh, (laughs) it's, you know, it, it's been a good situation and it's given us a lot of visibility, but it, it was definitely intentional to have more women on our team. So we actively promote it in our social media. We've got two mm-hmm. interviews happening right now with really strong women who are candidates for roles on our team, including a carpenter and project coordinator. So really, really thankful for that opportunity. And I think part of that too is just providing a safe work site for all of our employees. So mm-hmm. men and women providing a safe work site emotionally and physically is really important. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess for other contractors who are kind of experiencing the difficulties and the challenges that come from having a a labor shortage in the industry, what advice would you give them in terms of being able to combat that based on your experience to date? Yeah, we're, we're in the same boat. I think Eric was telling me last night we could hire 20 people today if we could. So the interesting thing about that statistic around women is if the 3% went to 9%, we would not have a labor shortage in British Columbia on trade sites. So that's huge, really. So, you know, I I do think as an industry, it's too late to sit around and complain about it. Like get involved, go to your local trade school, get in front of the classes. We took our grade six students out to our provincial skills competition, you know, get in front of the elementary school kids, talk to guidance counselors. Don't spend your time complaining about it. Get out there and and make a difference. I love that. Yeah. And I've even seen like some companies in the U S in particular have developed like training schools and they're getting, you know, young people early so that they're getting that interest in the trades and and able to develop that. So I love that concept of, you know, getting involved in schools and trying to develop that interest. So that's awesome. It could be a function of where we live. I mean, we're based in Daroche. We have uh, more cows than people in Daroche. So we're, we're at around a thousand <laughs> people and a lot more dairy cows. So having that small base allows me to to really get involved in the schools and be front and center. And part of that is the community outreach we do around supporting kids on the weekends with some extra food. So, you know, it's something that we've been doing for so long and that visibility, it, uh, it all kind of integrates together and Again, maybe that wasn't intentional, but the payoff has been huge. Yeah. Wow. So on that, I mean, being super involved in the community, what kind of stuff are you guys up to and and how do you have that ingrained in the company? 
Yeah, you know, at the at the heart of my day, I'm I'm a mom essentially. So I, uh, you know, I, I take my kids to and from school. I take the dogs to and from work, which is a little ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> that's that. And when I first started taking my son to our local school, I was just seeing how many kids were there for breakfast club, how many kids were there for lunch support. And I had heard about a program blessings in a backpack and just asked if I could get it started. So that was 2012. So this will be our 10th year supporting local mission schools and dropping off some extra food on the weekends to support those kids and their families over the weekend. And it's not a lot, but one principal described it to me as, you know, if that's the difference between them being able to take their kids to a movie or an ice cream, like it doesn't have to be huge, but it's really, it's grown into a huge thing again, because our, our clients hear of what we're doing. Um, and now I have whole groups of clients that sponsor families at Christmas, whole communities that come out and, you know, they're volunteering, they're dropping off food and, and our local school has become more like a community school. So Mm. food security for me is a huge thing, you know, especially for children. So, but that was kind of the tip of the iceberg. Like it, (laughs) it all, it all snowballs from there. So it's, something I enjoy. The kids pack the bags. They don't enjoy that as much, but it gets me in front of the school every week. Yeah. Wow. So what inspired you to get involved with this? I think to be perfectly honest, I, I struggle a lot with uh, anxiety and depression. And that's one way that I, that I like to work it out is, uh, you know, if I'm feeling sorry for myself, I'm, I'm going to go out and do something for someone else. And yeah. that really gets me out of that mindset. And then I'm I'm relentless in a, hopefully in a good sense of the word. So I, you know, when I commit, I, I commit very hard. So this is something I, I won't stop doing. This is something we won't stop doing as a family. And I think, you know, Eric spends a lot of the time looking at what our competitors are doing and seeing what our competitors are doing. And I think that's really necessary. And quite frankly, I do none of it. So I'm kind of operating on my own, on my own path. And, and, you know, I'm thankful that Eric gives me the latitude to do so. So whether that's sponsoring a whole bunch of sports teams or getting out and getting involved in uh, the national day for truth and reconciliation in terms of attending and any of it, it's, it's really important. And the, and the key part in terms of where it relates to our business is, um, giving back where we work. So we help put on a first nations Fraser Valley housing forum every fall. For me, it's, it's, yeah, it is being a bit dogged. So if I see something that needs to get done, I'm going to jump in and do it. Yeah. That's incredible. I love that. And have you found that your team has gotten involved in some of these initiatives and stuff as well? Yeah, they're super supportive. I I couldn't do any of this without our amazing team and and quite frankly that does extend to our clients, you know, when the when the pandemic hit and um kids were struggling with more food insecurity, all of a sudden cash just started showing up at my door and was more like, "Whoa, what am I going to do with all of this?" and we were kind of handing out thousands of dollars of food and kind of that that last part of the school year when the pandemic first hit and that's our team, that's our clients, that's their families. And it really, it really hit home. I mean, when the wildfires in British Columbia were terrible years ago, we were taking full truckloads of donations up to support those individuals. And Mm -hmm. our shop was completely full, basically work ground to a halt because we were just shipping things. And the same thing happened this year when Lytton Nation was affected by wildfires and essentially burned down. We've been taking uh, loads of donations to Siska Nation who took in those families. So Mm. backpacks, food. We have these amazing clients, Buddhist nuns, who 
donated so much food. I didn't, I don't know how we fit it all in the truck, but it's more about building community than it is about building individual homes or, or doing an individual renovation. It's, you know, it, it touches somebody's family, somebody's heart, somebody's community. That's amazing. So, you know, if a fellow builders kind of listen to this and they're like, oh, why would I, you know, give all this time and energy and money into the community? What would you say to something like that? I firmly believe that if it's not coming from your heart, then don't do it. You know, don't do it just to get your name on a banner or something like that. It it needs to come from a, from a true space. So if there's something you're passionate about, then, you know, focus it there, whether it's, you know, SPCA or women in trades or, or any of those things, like be intentional about it, bring your team along for the ride. And we've had some really fun fundraisers in the past where, you know, my team's running the 50, 50 and, and often I do find it's, it's the women on our team who are heavily involved on that front. So But, but really it needs to come from the heart. So it has to be based in gratitude. Don't fake it until you make it pick something you yeah. really love as random as it is. So, yeah, that makes sense. And I know that, you know, with labor shortages and the challenges that are facing the industry, obviously you want to keep the employees that you have, the great people that you have managed to attract what have you found has really worked to retain more of your team? Yeah, we're we're really fortunate in that we have quite a few employees who are long-term, but we're seeing massive shifts in the labor market and kind of a, a decrease in loyalty across the industry. So, you know, we're, we're trying to do everything we can. And I'm really thankful to our controller, uh, Donna, who came on board a few years ago. So, with her in that role and uh, quite frankly, taking over for me, things have gotten a lot better. So, you know, we're able to have a, a benefits program, RSP, but those things are kind of minor in terms of, you know, maintaining that culture and keeping the people we want on our team. So a lot of social events, right? We do, we had a baby shower <laughs> two weeks ago. We have Secret Santa coming up, you know, everything that we can do, even with COVID, lots of clothing and just kind of supporting those individuals. And, you know, it really touches my heart when we get invited to something like a shower or like a wedding shower or a wedding and, you know, the, somebody just having a baby, it's just really exciting. Like it all kind of maintaining that family feeling is where we find the most success. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's, it's incredible what you've done to have this culture, like this team culture, company culture built around caring about other people, essentially. And that has obviously really helped you in terms of, you know, being known in your community, keeping your employees happy, having clients come work for you. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we we love it. And, a, you know, a big focus for us recently over the last years, um, Sam and Justin in our office are really focused on our safety program. And that is just massive. And, you know, our joint health and safety committee and and really showing employees that we care. And I think a large part of that is also empowering them and asking them for their opinions. Mm -hmm. You know, every new employee, every employee represents an opportunity for us to, to advance, to change, you know, not keep things the same. We want to be striving for continual improvement and we're not always going to have the answers. So it's awesome to have people on board. You know, we're listening, we're collaborating. It's it's not top down. It's all of us together. Yeah, that's incredible. So when you do hire, what is it that you're looking for? Are you looking for people that share those same company values? 
Yeah, I think I think the last ad I put out ended with must love dogs because I, I you know, our mastiffs are in the office every day. And if uh, if you don't like dogs, it's a little tricky. We, we definitely do. We hire for attitude more than experience. So it's really important. And that pays dividends when those people go into somebody's home, right? So we need somebody who's really going to honor and respect the homes that they're in and, and recognize those people as uh, families and not just a paycheck. So especially on our reno team, that's that's so key. So our renovation manager, Simon, does a great job of that and kind of the the care and concern he shows toward clients. And, and again, that we, we need to all be emulating that as leaders within our company for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that idea of hiring for attitude. I find we tend to do the same at reflective in that, you know, it's great to have people with experience. Sometimes if there is a bit of a shortage in your area for that skill set, just being able to identify that, you know, this person has the right work ethic, the right values, and now I can train them up and I can mold them to be what they need to be to fit the role, but you can't change somebody's mindset or perspective on life or how they show up every day. Yeah, for sure. And it's something, you know, where you've struggled with in the past and that's absolutely right. We're not going to change somebody's value system. So it becomes tricky right away. So it's, yeah, it's much better to know that going in, there's lots of opportunity in our company to kind of move up to, you know, directly talk to Eric. And that's something we're working on at this point too, where that orientation really, you know, brings in the manager touching base with that new hire right away with mm-hmm. Eric touching base with that new hire right away. And that's something intentional that Eric does every week is connecting with one to two employees every single week directly. So, and it's just been more important to like now, you know, that's, that's essentially 25 weeks to reach out to 50 employees. So it's, it's something that always has to be ongoing or, or we kind of lose the plot pretty quickly. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. So what's next for Lacey Construction? Oh heck, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not as involved in the day to day. So so for me, it's like a plethora of board meetings, committee meetings. Um, I just took over as the first female chair of the BC Construction Safety Alliance. And for our company, you know, those positions, I'm not in the office as much, so I'm not as involved in kind of that day to day. But we're crazy busy, so it's uh, we're booked out to 2023 building homes at our local ski hill. We've expanded our our region that we can uh, provide services to. We're hiring like crazy. So if you know anyone who wants a job, send them our way. And just really trying to like working hard to maintain that company culture. It's award season. So we're hoping to uh, get out there and party with the crew from Newfoundland at the national awards. And yeah, it's it's exciting. Everything's really exciting. And, and just if we can get the municipalities on board with processing times, life would be pretty gravy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. All right. I'll I'll leave you with one last question. If you could tell the builders and contractors that are listening to this podcast one thing about their business or one piece of advice, what would you leave them with? Stop complaining, get out there and and make a change. So, you know, get in front of the students, get in get in front of the everyone in your community and and really promote trades as the wonderful career that it is. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Lisa. So how can our listeners learn more about you? Yeah, uh, we have a website, LaceyDevelopments.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's 
Lisa with an E, which is a little obnoxious, but uh, yeah. And then we're on all the social media. We even um, recently made it onto TikTok, which is uh, quite exciting. So Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to hire somebody new just for that. So you can, you can find us on any of those. And, and absolutely, if there's anything I can do to, uh, to support other contractors, um, other women in trades, other people coming up, just reach out to me anytime. I'd, I'd love to talk to any of you. Amazing. Thank you, Lisa. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. And I so appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much, Crystal. And it was just a a real honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.